0: Welcome to Israel from the inside, where we try to break out of the echo chamber, surfacing the wide array of often conflicting viewpoints that make up the mosaic of Israeli life. I'm Daniel Gordas of Shalem College in Jerusalem. Go to DanielGordis.substack.com where you can subscribe to these podcasts and join our community of listeners and readers, access the archive of all these episodes and post comments, interacting with others who share your interest in Zionism, Israel, and the future of the Jewish state. The first two policy
1: steps that we began promoting about two years ago, uh, and that our, our contributors, our followers, uh, uh, voted on them, actually. Are, um, one was the, uh, the issue of uh, Palestinian employment, and the other was uh, improvements at the Alamee Bridge. So first, we'll talk about the Palestinian employment. Uh, which was basically two things, trying to increase the, work, uh, the quotas for work permits for Palestinians working inside Israel in a number of different sectors, construction, restaurants, uh, agriculture, and the most uh, important, in my opinion, and significant uh, uh, improvement was in high tech, actually, about uh, seven or eight months ago. How many?
0: Well, I mean, are there a lot of Palestinians on the other side of the Green Line who have the capacity to work in high tech?
1: So, so there are a number, and I'll and I'll just I'll focus on this as a as sort of a case study. And so, what we did was we found that there were uh, because you know we we're we're not always inventing the wheel on a lot of these topics. What we're doing is taking things that maybe were were promoted inside a sort of a larger sort of peace plan or a larger. Uh, operation, And because the operation or the peace plan was not feasible, then all of the nice steps that are inside of them uh, were thrown away. And so high tech was one of them. there was always talk about, uh, you know, Palestinians working in, 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 in Israeli high tech or working for multinational corporations inside Israel, like Google, Facebook, Intel and others. And um, and and even until today, for years, there's actually been outsourcing to Palestinians in the West Bank or in Judea and Samaria.
0: Outsourcing by those companies, outsourcing by their Israeli subsidiaries.
1: Exactly, those companies, the uh, their operations inside Israel, which are mostly run by Israelis,
0: and they outsource the Palestinians.
1: They outsource some of the work, uh, some of the projects to the Palestinians to
0: because Palestinians. the labor is cheaper. Because there's not enough people in Israel to do it. Why do they do the, that?
1: The labor is a, is uh, is also cheaper for for outsourcing. There's also a lot of outsourcing to the Ukraine as well. Until now.
0: And, and I would imagine India. Some. India also,
1: as, as well. So it's one is uh, the cost of labor, and the other is uh, definitely because there is a shortage of uh, workers inside Israel. Shortage of, which is surprising, but there's a, sh- uh, a claimed shortage of about fifty between fifteen to seventeen thousand engineers. Engineers, or they call them the, I think the more specific uh, 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 a word for it is uh, vacant positions or something like that.
0: And where are the Palestinians trained.
1: And so they, they have uh, universities in the Palestinian territories, in the Judea and Samaria, uh, a number of universities that they study uh, engineering, uh, computer science, and things like that. Some, uh, I think some also go abroad, but most of them actually study in, uh, in Judea and Samaria, in the West Bank. And what you have is, on the one hand, the shortage of the, of the workers inside Israel. On the other hand, you have, according to the World Bank, 3,000, uh, around 3,000 students, Palestinian students a year that finish degrees, uh, BAs, in um, different uh, subjects that are relevant for high tech. And so what we want to do is bring them together. Okay, this, this, this is something. I mean, they're not going to be working for the uh, security industry or Rafael or any of those companies. Right? Well, they're
0: not, they're not even, maybe even coming into Israel.
1: Exactly. They're not always coming into Israel. They're not living inside Israel. And that's why we also pushed through the... Uh, the Ministry of, uh, or or the Population Authority, which is responsible for Palestinian workers, uh, uh, to uh, sort of prefer, you know, should there be a preference for Palestinian workers over other uh, foreign workers around the world? Because you don't have to give them, necessarily, you don't have to give them a place to stay. They always go home. They don't necessarily want to settle inside Israel. They're at home already. They're sort of a, a domestic foreign population in a sense.
0: And just to give our readers, our listeners, a sense, when a when a Palestinian person comes from wherever they are over the Green Line and goes to work in Ariel, or well, that's over the, but but in in Tel Aviv or in Ranana or wherever, how long is the trip?
1: Well, it could uh, it could take several hours. I mean, it could take uh, it could be it depends where they're coming from. It could if they're coming from Ramallah or maybe uh, Bethlehem, which is you know close to Jerusalem, could take. Maybe two or three hours to get to Tel Aviv. It could take longer because, you know, they go through checkpoints, and in some of the checkpoints, there are security measures that that need to be taken, uh, and could uh, really uh, make it uh, take a long time.
0: So it's a trek to get to these places. So it presumably is. they would want to work if they could from exactly. home or work. exactly
1: so, from home, and that could be also just coming in a few days a week for meetings or something right. like that. But the idea is is to okay, let's do more than just give them jobs. Let's also give them jobs, but it's sort of a um, a uh, an investment in for the future, for a future sort of independent Palestinian uh, high tech industry. Because if you allow, you know, what's different about outsourcing is that if you're directed if if you're employed directly, you can actually uh, be promoted inside the company. You can uh, develop managerial skills, which are relevant for starting their own companies later on. And so that was one of the ideas. The second idea is that okay. We can here, here's a chance to increase positive contact between two very uh, uh, conflicted uh, populations, Israelis and Palestinians. And beforehand, and I think this is you know, the most powerful thing psychologically, and that is, is is starting to happen is that if beforehand, when you thought of a Palestinian worker, they were uh, building houses, construction, they're farming and things like that. Now they are in Israel's most cherished industry, the high-tech industry. They can be equal partners, and they can be a part of Israel's intelligentsia, you know what I mean? They're sort of, uh, and that is a mind change uh, uh, that did not happen beforehand. And what we did is that we brought this, uh, there were numerous attempts to do so beforehand, but we brought this uh, proposal to the Minister of Regional Cooperation, Isawi Fridge and he said, you know, there, here's an, an, an opportunity, especially in this recent government that has both left and right. So anyways, they're looking for steps that don't necessarily solve the conflict, but that get us out of the impasse, that pr- improve the conditions of the conflict between both, uh, both sides. And he loved the idea and, and brought it before the Ministry of the Economy. And we did other lobbying uh, within those ministries. And at the end, there was a government proposal allowing for the uh, permanent, uh, permanent employment or the direct employment of palestinians in high-tech companies and now there is a quota of 500 permits just like that and so that was one of our uh, most direct and major uh, accomplishments and we see this as a classic case of shrinking the conflict shrinking uh, the scope of the conflict the tensions and increasing positive contact between um, uh, both sides
0: you've been listening to israel from the inside Go to danielgordas.substack.com where you can hear more of these episodes. If you have ideas for topics you'd like us to explore, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, I'm Daniel Gordas.